Hello and welcome to episode number 69 of the Atlanta Man Podcast. I'm your host, Ryan Rogers, and on today's episode, the Atlanta Falcons have gotten their first win of the 2022 season, where they win over the Seahawks in Seattle, and the Braves had a chance to completely fall apart and kind of bury themselves in the, the division race, but they bounce back over the weekend to keep their keep them alive in the division race. Uh, but before we get into that, we're going to talk about the Falcons game. Um, like I said, got their first victory of the season, a 27-23 win over the Seattle Seahawks on the road. Um, the Seahawks are not a particularly great team um, coming into the season projection-wise, and watching them over the first few games, um, they're, yeah, they're just not a great team, but a win is a win, and Seattle is not a easy place to play by any means but um yeah it was a a solid victory for the Falcons in this one um as far as the offense goes in this one Marcus Mariota was not great in this game he goes 13 for 20 passing for a touchdown 229 yards and an interception and a very very bad um poorly timed fumble in the fourth quarter did end up hurting them as their defense was able to make a stand and uh wrap up the game but Falcons had the ball in Seattle territory with less than four minutes, I believe. And uh, Mariota and Tyler Algier just had like a little hiccup um, exchanging the ball. The ball gets loose, Seattle recovers. And uh, they had a chance to go down there and uh, win the game. But the defense made a stand. Richie Grant with a huge interception to kind of wrap things up uh, wrap things up for the Falcons as they only needed a first down to wrap up the game. And that's what they did. Um, so that kind of spoiled the end of it. But all related to the Mariota fumble, which was a very bad play by him. And um, he <clears throat> he's not a uh, he's not actively hurting the Falcons by any means, but he is far and away from the long-term future answer for this team, um, without a doubt. So move on from him and talk about uh, the rushing attack, which was very good in this game, very, very good. Um, a lot of it was Cordero Patterson, who had another amazing game on the ground, 17 carries for 141 yards. And a touchdown, averaging 8.3 yards a carry, had a 40-yard run. Then uh, Tyler Algier had six carries for 25 yards. That's uh, solid. Um, And then Mariota had seven carries for only four yards, but he did have a rushing touchdown in this game too. But on the whole, the Falcons rushed for 179 yards and averaged nearly six yards a carry. So that is um, a very strong number there. And uh, receiving-wise, there was some good news in this game. Receiving um, Kyle Pitts finally gets involved. Arthur Smith includes him in the offense. He led the team in targets with eight, um, caught five of them for 87 yards, um, averaged 17.4 yards per catch. Uh, no touchdowns, but he was still definitely a big factor, led the team in catches and receiving yards. So that's always good. Drake London, a little more quiet in this game than he had been um, over the first two weeks, but still. Goes uh, three three receptions for 54 yards and a touchdown. Um, so had the touchdown, still very involved. Got six targets. Um, the Falcons didn't throw the ball a ton in this game, obviously. They only had 20 pass attempts. Um, and they ran the ball 51, or not 51, 31 times in this game. So, yeah, they only had 13 catches on the team as a whole as they were very focused on the run game of this one. And for good reason because Cordero Patterson was awesome and continues to be an RB1, really. he's been He's been awesome. So... Um, defensively, they played pretty well at times. Um, obviously, they had the big interception at the end. Uh, Richie Grant came up with that one. Really wasn't like a super great play on his part, but um, just kind of Geno Smith on fourth and 18 threw the ball right to him. So, uh, you know, you take those, though. Those They all count the same. So a good, uh, 
Good play by him. Lorenzo Carter had a big sack in this game. Great Jarrett got a sack. Um, Lorenzo Carter was an especially big one in an important time. Um, as far as the defensive backs go, I already mentioned Rich, Richie Grant with the pick. But um, A.J. Terrell, he did a pretty solid job on D.K. Metcalf, I think. DK did have that one catch over him in the end zone for a touchdown, but AJ Terrell's very good. He's a very good cornerback, one of the best in the league. But um, yeah, um, the Falcons they had a chance to muck this game up and do Falcons things, but you know, the defense bailed them out because that that fumble was just atrocious, like a non-contact fumble of just an exchange on a draw play is really bad. Um, and there's just a few moments like the Mariota pick that he threw at the end of the half was really silly. I think Arthur Smith even admitted that he was trying to get too cute there and he's not going to do that again. But that could have been bad if Seattle could have somehow returned that. Would have been a really, really bad time. Um, but yeah, just got to clean some of that stuff up. It almost cost them, but they were able to hang on. And they're just a solid win, you know. Solid win. The Seahawks aren't great. This is kind of the teams the Falcons are going to be able to beat this year. But, you know, this is three weeks in a row where they play pretty sound football, you know, and definitely show some encouraging signs for the future and it was good to get a win after the first two games were just kind of weird and easily probably easily get a little demoralized after you know the way they lost the Saints game and then you know they came back last week against the Rams but they couldn't finish it off um, so that kind of had to be been a little bit be a little bit demoralizing but good job on them to come back and uh, put out a good performance and win the game so that's pretty much all I got on the Falcons um, good on them good on them you know I really toured them a new one a couple weeks ago they deserve some props here for sure. So good job, Falcons. And now we're going to move on to the Braves, who for a minute this week, things looked super duper bleak, as um, I like to say. Um, we'll start off with the first series of the week, though, at home against the Nationals. And uh, this series started off pretty well. Honestly, they won the first two games. Um, they won game one, five to two in pretty breezy fashion. Um, wasn't a really uh, much of a game, honestly. Austin Riley had a homer early on in this one to put the Braves up. Kyle Wright pitched well in this one, a good bounce back for him after he didn't look great um, in some previous starts, really, as he's dealing with the arm fatigue. But he had a good start here uh, for sure. He went six innings pitch, two earned runs, seven strikeouts. Solid outing. Got another win. That was his 19th win of the season, and the bullpen locked it down. They got a seventh inning out of Jesse Chavez, actually, um, who got two strikeouts. Then went Iglesias to Kenley. No runs given by the bullpen. Good stuff there. And hitting-wise, I mentioned Austin Riley homered. Eddie Rosario homered to give them some insurance runs in the seventh. That was good. And, uh, yeah, kind of just an easy, breezy win over the Nationals is kind of what you come to expect. When these two teams link up, especially when the Braves really need to win these games, and they also won Game Two, a three to two game. I was actually at this game. Um, really, kind of. This is where the the um, I say the offensive struggle started for the Braves, as they only got three runs in this game, um, but they were able to hang on at the end. Charlie Morton pitched in this game. He was fine, five point one innings pitched, one and run. Really struggled with a pitch count. That's why he didn't really go deep into the game. He walked three guys. We did have the nine strikeouts, but I'll get more to him later. He had a really bad start against the Phillies yesterday, and um, he has became a much more important part of this team, um, at least for the rest of this regular season, and he has been bad, and he didn't he did not look good in this game. He also hit, hit a guy, which is just par for the course with Charlie this season. Just he has been incredibly frustrating, and um, I'll get more to him later. I won't. I won't do it now, but I'll do it after game four against the Phillies. But 
of this game, Darno hit a two-run homer. That was the big blow um, to put the Braves up. And then Dansby had an RBI also in this game. Um, but yeah, um, that, that was that was all the offense. They only had the three runs, which is uh, not fantastic by any means. Um, but they went to the ninth inning up three to one. As Dansby had the big, he had a home run actually in the eighth inning to go up three to one. And then um, Canley does give up a run in the ninth inning, but. It uh, ends up being unearned because Matt Olson made an error. He continues to be rough on defense. But um, the Nationals started off the inning with two bunts. The, both of them reached base. Um, one of them, they were both towards uh, first base. One of them, Kenley was able to get to, but didn't have a play as uh, he had kind of fumbled the exchange from his glove to his hand. But he would have beat the throw anyway, so that was going to be a hit no matter what. And then the next one, Matt Olson just just can't handle a bunt. And he, he, he's another guy that continues to be bad and frustrating and all those things. Um, but, uh, yeah, that, that resulted in an error. And then the Nationals end up scoring one of those runs. That's all they would get. Um, Luke Voigt actually almost hit a home run on the left for the last out of the game. <clears throat> that would have been a three-run shot, I believe, and that would have been really bad. But didn't happen, and the Braves escape with a 3-2 to two win. Um, game two against the Nationals. I'll move on to game three, and this was the extremely, extremely frustrating game um, as they lost a day game to the Nationals, 3-2. to two. The day games continue just to be killers for the Braves. They've been really bad during day games this year. They're like five games under 500 or something. And, um, you know, the offense was just not good enough in this game either. And some questionable snicker stuff, which he had more of that in the Philly series, but definitely came back and bit them. But the Braves scored the first runs of this game in the first and second inning to go up two to nothing, and that's all they would get for the rest of the game. They got shut out for the last seven innings of this one. Um, Ronald Acuna had an RBI single, and uh, Contreras had an RBI hit as well. Um, and that was all the offense they got. Um, but uh, I'll get into the part of this game that was really frustrating. Uh, Bryce Elder started. He was good again in this one. He goes 5.2 innings pitched, one earned run, six strikeouts. He's going to start again tonight, actually, against the Nationals. But here's where things got um, annoying from Snickers standpoint. In the six, when Matzik, uh, or when Elder was out of gas and they wanted to go to the bullpen, they bring in Matzik, which that move right there is fine. But he does walk a guy immediately and um, just had no control of the zone whatsoever. And things looked like it was going to be bad, but he kind of got bailed out. And the Nationals got the last out of the, fi- of the six. And. In the bottom half of the inning, Jesse Chavez is warming up in the bullpen. So you're thinking, okay, Chavez is going to start the seventh. That's that's good. That's fine. Um, the, bull, the Braves' bullpen has been extremely taxed lately, too, because the offense has just not been doing much at all. So that's another part of the calculus here, which I'm fine with them trying to squeeze these out against the Nationals when the bullpen's really taxed, especially from the night, the two nights before when the game was close enough to use your high leverage guys. But then he kind of just inexplicably brings Matzik back out for the seventh and he immediately walks a guy to start the inning as he's continued to have no control of the, of the zone at all um, he had to throw 19 pitches over that span and um, only eight for strikes that's a terrible ratio that's eight strikes to 11 balls and then um, he gets another out and then then they decide to go to Chavez and then Chavez Gives up a two-run homer to Joey Manessis, who was just 
torching the Braves all all series. He's actually having a good year um, as he's he came up after the trade deadline for the Nationals, but he had a tear in homer, and all of a sudden it's three to two in the seventh, and kind of it's just like why are you like Matzik? I mean everyone knew Matzik did not have it, and just letting him come back out and just put another runner on just for shits and gigs is was bad. Like that was a bad decision. Um, you know, Chavez deserves some blame too. He did give up the homer, um, but he probably just should have start, started that inning, you know, plain and simple. Or if you wanted to go for a lefty again, use Dylan Lee there, who they ended up using the next inning. So it's just like, what are we doing? That was very frustrating, but I don't know if it really mattered because the Braves offense just did nothing for the rest of the game. It was just all like kind of, there was like puppy dog sadness. It was like, gosh, like these, these guys just can't play during the day. It's really something else. Like, I don't get it. It's just the offense was so bad for the last seven innings of this game. It was just they got nothing, nothing going. And you know, I don't even know if they had an extra base hit in this game. They had ten hits, and I think they were all singles. Like, the pop, the power of this team was just gone. Yeah, they had no extra base hits in this game. They had ten hits, all singles. That's bad. You know, then this team is built on um, pop and hitting for power, and that just did not happen at all in this game. And very frustrating. And... That only would be the beginning because these next two games in Philly were probably even worse. Um, start out with game one against the Phillies on Thursday night. They lose one to nothing to the Phillies. The offense continues to struggle um, in this one. They only had six hits. They did get an extra base hit as Riley had a good game. He put up three hits, including a double. But, um, yeah, the Braves went 0 for 6 as runners in scoring position. Uh, Max Free pitched in this game. He was not himself. He had a real um, real trouble with pitch count and being efficient in this game, and that's usually one of the best things about Max. He's a very efficient pitcher and uh, you know, really can throw not many pitches and starts and get deep into games, but that was not the case in this game. He only, he only went five innings pitched, only gave up a one earned run, and uh, had eight strikeouts, but he had to throw 107 pitches through five innings. And um, Yeah, but still, you know, even when you don't have your best stuff like he did, Five innings pitch, one earned run. That's great. You know, you take that when the guy just doesn't look like himself at all. He only walked one guy, but he was just having trouble putting guys away. And credit to the Phillies, too, for fouling off pitches and putting up long at-bats. Um, but, yeah, he uh, he wasn't Max Freed um, in all capital letters in this game, for sure. But it didn't matter, really, because the Braves couldn't hit. Like, that's just what it came down to. I mean, they got shut out. one nothing. Um, ninth inning was kind of frustrating. Bad bad um, strike call on Robbie Grossman that would have made it two runners on um, but uh, he ended up striking out on the next pitch the umpire in this game was absolutely terrible the whole crew in this whole series for both sides was awful um, pretty embarrassing that, that cr- this crew got this series which is a very important series for both teams and they just came up in this series and were terrible that's just kind of embarrassing for baseball in my opinion but um, anyway I won't get too deep into that but yeah, the Braves lose one to nothing, and um, yeah, all you can really say is the offense came up short once again. And then in Game Two, the offense didn't even have a chance because Jake Odorizzi made it academic as he was awful. Definitely his worst start with Atlanta. Uh, he was really bad a couple weeks ago in Seattle. Everybody was getting on him for that. He kind of bounced back and had a solid start last week against the Phillies. But um, yeah, in this start he goes four innings pitched, eight earned runs, ten hits. Three walks, gave up a homer. He was really, really bad. Matzik pitched again in this game, and he was terrible. Um, he went two innings as the game was pretty much over, but he walked four guys in two innings. 
and gave up a run. Did have two strikeouts, but I'm really starting to question if Tyler Matzik is going to make the playoff roster. I know that's pretty crazy to hear after <laughs> how big of a part of the team he was last year in the playoffs and just how clutch and the big moments he had. But I don't know if he's going to make the team. I really don't, especially with how he's been pitching lately. He just doesn't seem worthy of a spot, and I don't think I would, if I was making the roster, I do not think I would put him on it right now. Um, But yeah, Odorizzi really just didn't give the team a chance. I don't know if they would have hit anyway. Aaron Nola was pitching. He went six shutout innings. Um, but the Braves lose. Not really much to talk about in this one. Nine to one, just a blowout. It was eight to nothing after the fourth inning. Um, Orlando Arcia pitched in this game, which only the second time this year the Braves have used a position player to pitch. Um, the other time was against the Phillies too with Mike Ford. So I guess that was fun. But yeah, after this game, things. This was the bleak. The bleakest it looked all year because, or not all year, I should say, but lately because the Mets had won on Friday as well, and they were down two and a half games, and the team just looked like they were dead. And to their credit, they came back these next two days, and they got a little bit of help, and they're right back in the thick of things. Um, so we'll get into that now. But first, I got to mention um, a couple of injury things that are going on in this series. Acuna did not play in the first three games of this series he didn't start any of the games in this series but he did come in during game four it's a pinch hit and he came up actually big for the Braves I'll get into that later but um the bleakest I say this this is the bleakest things got was Saturday morning when it was announced that, that Spencer Strider was going on the IL and is going to miss the rest of the regular season um you know he they were skipping him this week and it looked like they were just doing that to line him up for the Mets series getting a little extra rest they said he had a sore oblique but it turns out that that wasn't just like a phantom thing to get him to skip a start it was real he actually had some trouble with his oblique and um, I guess things did not get better and they put him on the IL and um, he is going to be out until the playoffs hopefully he's back for the playoffs I think all things are pointing that he will be with still definitely a concern um, oblique injuries with pitchers are kind of known to be just like nagging injuries at times for them um, so hopefully Spencer's can get better sooner rather than later but yeah, after what happened the first or the last three games, really, um, with the team just getting beat to hell and um, uh, then losing Strider and knowing he's not going to be back for the Mets series, it just seemed like, all right, let's get ready for the wild card because that's where we're going. But um, things turned around right after that. Um, they win on Saturday 6-3. to The offense gets going. They score six runs, get out to a 6 nothing lead, and um, that was pretty much it. They gave up three runs after that, but the Braves went up big. Contreras homered, Harris homered um, in this one. So offense got back on track in a big way. Kyle Wright pitched, and he pitched very well. Um, he had a no-hitter going on through like five innings, I think. Um, but he did give up a couple of runs at the end, and Bryce Harper homer did that. But he got his 20th win of the season, which I'm not a big pitcher wins and losses guy, but still a pretty cool thing that he got 20 wins and just the season he's having overall is really impressive and he's been a huge part of what the Braves have done this year and really bailed them out because of guys like Charlie Morton being bad so shout out to Kyle Wright he is very good and this was a much much needed win for the Braves um, they lock it down a 6-3 victory and uh, they go into Sunday only a game and a half down because on Saturday night the Mets lost to the A's they got blown out with the Grom on the mound by the Oakland A's which is Something else, really. That was a pretty wild thing to watch unfold when the A's were just teeing off on the ground. Definitely something I wasn't expecting. So we'll move on to game four, and this was a doozy of a game, an 11-inning game that um, 
started at 105 and didn't end till like after seven o'clock due to a two-hour rain delay. So uh, yeah, that that seemed to have happened to the Bears a few times on on Sundays this year. Um, but yeah, this was um, this would this would have been a very frustrating game if the Bears had lost it, but they didn't. But um, Brian Snitker and Charlie Morton really, really almost made this an infuriating loss. Um, so we'll start off top of the first. The Braves scored two runs, go up 2-0. Darno had a double. Matt Olson finally got a hit, an RBI double, to make it 2-0. And then immediately in the bottom of the first, Charlie Morton gives it all back and more, gives up three runs in the bottom of the first, a home run to Schwarber to lead off the inning. Then he gave up two more after that. And then the Braves come back the second inning. They score a run to tie the game. And then in the bottom of the third, Morton, right on cue, gives up another run. Gives it right back. And then, in the fourth, the Braves score two runs. Dansby Swanson hit a two-run homer to go up. And then, inexplicably, in the fifth inning, the Braves don't score in the top half. In the bottom half of the fifth, there are rain clouds storming towards Citizen Citizens Bank Park. Charlie Morton is about to face the lineup for a third time now. And Brian Snitker leaves him in. And if the Braves would have gotten three outs in this in this inning, it would have been an official game with the Braves up. So what I'm saying is this could have really been treating it could have been treated as like the bottom of the ninth of some sorts because of the rain that was coming. And if the Braves would have gotten three three outs here with the lead, it would have been an official game and um, there was a chance that it could have just gotten canceled or not canceled, but it, the rest of the game would have gotten canceled and the Braves would have gotten the win after playing just five innings. But no, Brian Snicker elects to use Charlie Morton for the third time through the lineup in a game where he had already given up four runs over four innings. So he brings him back out, trots him back out, and things immediately go to hell as um, pretty, uh, pretty, predictable, pretty predictable things went wrong immediately in the bottom of the fifth. I'm going to read the play-by-play of what happened. So he starts out the inning. He walks Kyle Schwarber, who had already hit two homers off of him, so the leadoff guy had already hit two homers off of Morton, and he has somehow earned the right to face him a third time. So he walks him. Then Reese Hoskins doubles immediately after that. Then a sacrifice fly scores Schwarber. Then another sack fly scores Hoskins. Then he walks Gene Segura, and then they bring Brandon Marsh comes to the plate, and then halfway through the at-bat, Morton still pitching in the pouring down rain, by the way. They didn't pull him. He didn't pull him after that. He was just going to ride him no matter what happened. They finally get the tarp on the field with the Phillies taking the lead 6-5. to five, And now the game has to get finished because they're not through five innings. And they were very close. If the Phillies would have just gotten out one more time, they might have canceled the game. The Phillies would have won. It was just a comedy of errors by Snitker and I'll get into some of his decisions later in the game I don't know how much of that is on him um, because I don't know what guys were available or not in the situation because the bullpen had been taxed Um, but yeah heading into the rain delay everybody was just very mad of what transpired in that fifth inning you know just one of one of Snitker's worst decisions of the season maybe in his whole career considering the circumstances of how important this game was and I think it was probably his his worst. It was like it was like he didn't know what the rules were. It was like he didn't. It's like he had no idea what was going on. He had no idea there was about to be rain. There was he had no idea that after five innings the game was official. He had no idea. It's like he didn't watch Morton pitch the first four innings. 
and he, he it's like he had no idea the top of the lineup was coming back up for the third time. He had no idea Morton has looked awful, but he just rolled him back out there. And I understand that the bullpen's taxed, but man, you, you can't. You can't do that. That's unacceptable. He has had a few of these this year where it just doesn't make any sense whatsoever. It's like he's just like, it's like he just doesn't even pay attention that he's just flying by the seat of his pants and doesn't know what the hell's going on. But um, yeah, he got bailed out though because um, two-hour rain delay comes and goes and the game resumes with Marsh back in the box, a 2-2 count. And they uh, surprisingly, Charlie Morton didn't come back out after the rain delay. It wouldn't, wouldn't have surprised me with the way Snicker was treating this. But as Jesse Chavez come in, come in, comes in, and the first pitch is a gapper, and there's a runner on first to start the restart the game, and the Braves have a perfect relay to throw him out the plate. So it could have been a two-run game after just one pitch, but good play by Harris, Dansby, and Darno to execute a perfect relay, and that kept the lead at one. And uh, the Braves didn't score until the bottom of the eighth when they had the bases loaded, two outs with Robbie Grossman up, and David Robertson throws a wild pitch to score Contreras. That tied the game. At uh, at six, I believe was the score at that point. Yeah, that that tied the game at uh six right there to uh, make it six to six. And then the Braves had a clean eighth inning, didn't score in the ninth. And Kenley comes in the bottom of the ninth and doesn't score. But in the tenth, things got real dicey. Um, they didn't score at all in the top of the tenth with the ghost runner on second. Um, he didn't. Darno was the runner. He didn't even move to third base. They went ground out. Strikeout, ground out with Olsen. Oh, no, Darno wasn't on second, but it was Olsen, Darno, Contreras, strikeout, or ground out, strikeout, ground out. Didn't move the runner up at all. Very bad. And then um, Jackson Stevens comes in in the 10th. And this was the other questionable decision because Minter and McHugh hadn't pitched yet. So it was just like an, oh my God. Like, is he really doing this? But, um, People looked into it, and I saw that McHugh has only thrown 10 pitches since Tuesday. So I think he has to be hurt. That's the only way he doesn't pitch in this spot. And Mentor had pitched in two of the three games already in this series, so I guess he was just straight up down for the day under any circumstance. Um, but Jackson Stevens, who is one of the last guys in the bullpen, comes in with the game of the line, and credit to him because he was awesome. He went two innings pitched, gave up only one run, in the uh, 11th, and it was the ghost runner, and it didn't matter. Um, but he gets out of the jam here. They walk Bryce Harper to start the inning, and then um, he gets out of it, doesn't give up a run, keeps the game tied, and prevents the Phillies from walking off. And then um, in the 11th, the Braves get two runs on an Acuna single, who came in earlier, got intentionally walked, and then he comes through in this in this spot with the go-ahead single. And then Michael Harris, with two outs, hits a single to make it 8-6. to six. And then um, in the bottom of the 11th, Jackson Stevens does give up a run. Pretty bad 0-2 pitch to JT Real Muto. Um, 0-2, two outs. Kind of throws a fastball just right down the middle, and he sends it back up the middle for a base hit, scores a run. But then he strikes out Nick Maton and ends the game. Uh, so a huge win for the Braves. The Mets ended up winning on Sunday too, so they kept pace with them. It's still a one-and-a-half uh, deficit, game deficit for the Braves. But, um, yeah, it was a massive win, and if they would have lost this game, it would have been – a hugely, hugely demoralizing loss, but they didn't. They they held on. Despite Snicker and Morton's best efforts of them being terrible in this game, they were able to do it. So credit to the offense and the bullpen. They were both very good in this game and won the game for the Braves, um, despite 
you know, just those two guys, like I said, Morton and Snicker in this game were just bad in their own ways. <laughs> so, and um, that moved me on to talk about Charlie in in this game and for the rest of the season as a whole. Because with Strider out, he is now the number three starter on this team, and he is going to be making one of those starts against the Mets next weekend. And that's terrifying with the way he's looked. He didn't look great against the Nationals earlier this week. He was flat-out awful today against the Phillies. His numbers on the season now are, like, below average in, like, pretty much every sense. Um, yeah, like, I think his ERA plus is down to 96. Um he has a 4.29 ERA. His FIP isn't any lower, really. He's just he seems washed, and I think he is washed. And unless he just has some miraculous turnaround here, and I don't want to like make it sound like he's been like un like unpitchable. I mean, I know yesterday was borderline unpitchable, but he still has 200 strikeouts this year. But that's like the really only impressive thing about his page right now is the strikeout numbers. That's it. He has given up 26 home runs this year. That is eight more than his previous career high. He has hit 18 batters this year. That is leading the league bad. Um, You know, he's just not been great. The walks are up this year. Home runs are up, obviously. His FIP is 418. Like, he has a, like I said, he has a 96 ERA plus. That means he's 4% below league average. And, um, you know, hopefully Strider can be ready for the playoffs because I don't want Morton anywhere near a playoff game that's not game four and having to bank on him at all because he just hasn't earned it and I don't know there's a section of Braves fans that think that Morton's just immune to all criticism and that he's just been great this year like he's been the same guy was last year and that's not the case and you know it's fine he's he's old and that's gonna happen but um yeah it's um it's very 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 unfortunate for the Braves of how bad he's been but like I said they've been bailed out by guys like Kyle Wright and Spencer Strider so We'll move on to a little look ahead here for the week ahead. Obviously, they play the Mets on um, over, over the weekend at home, but first they go to Washington for three games. Um, looks like they're going to roll out Elder for game one. It still says uh, to be announced for a game two starter, but I think it's going to be Kyle Muller. That makes the most sense. He's on track to pitch, and he's like the only guy that can pitch really because they need right and free to pitch in the Mets series. So it's going to be, looks like Elder, Muller, and then Odorizzi on Wednesday against the Nationals, and the Mets are off tonight and play two games against the Marlins, and they're off Thursday, and the Braves are also off on Thursday too. So the Braves win tonight. Got, they'll have the lead back down to one game. Um, so big series against the Nationals. You need to really sweep them. they got to sweep the Nationals. I'm going to say it now. That's very necessary for them to sweep the Nationals, and then maybe the Marlins can help out the Braves a little bit and beat the Mets in one of those two games. But uh, for right now, I'm going to look at some of the projections, see – what these uh, websites and their algorithms have the Braves' chances at to win the division. First, we'll start off with baseball reference, and they continue to be the most high team on the Braves. I think last week when I checked, they had the Braves favored to win the division. Um, This week, they don't. Uh, It's down to 43.7% chance for the Braves, which is by far the highest out of any team, or any any website, rather. Um, But, uh, yeah, they... They love the Braves. They're giving, they're giving the Braves a 14% chance to win the World Series. They, they like the Braves a lot more than the Mets on baseball reference. 538 is at 24% for the Braves to win the division. Um, that That's kind of where I'm at. I'm like at 25 to 30%. So I'll probably align with 538 the most here. And then baseball or fan graphs has um, them at a 20% chance, which is the lowest. So, yeah, 
that's um it's 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 a definitely an uphill battle for the Braves because you know the Mets the other games they have to play besides the um the Braves obviously are against the Marlins and Nationals and the Braves play them too but it's just more of an advantage for the Mets obviously because they have the one and a half game lead and the only way they're going to lose the tiebreaker is if um the Braves sweep them which is probably not super likely so yep um we'll see next week um we'll have uh the recap of the Braves and Mets series. We'll see how that goes. A very important series. So hopefully this time next week we're celebrating a huge, maybe even a sweep, because it kind of looks like a sweep is going to be the most crucial part of being the Mets right now, and uh, just the most, the most like logical path for the that the Braves have to uh, win the division because of the tiebreaker. So we'll see how things go. Maybe the Mets can blow it against the Marlins or something. But um, yeah, that's uh that's all I got for this week. Um, I'll be back next week with another one. If you made it this far listening, I really, really appreciate it, and I will see you in the next one.